Hello, Bridge Builders! I'm here with some exciting news. The first volume of interviews is now available on Amazon.com. The link can be found at eatlunchandboardgame.com. I promise that all proceeds from sales of this book will go right back into this podcast and channel. Whether that is new and better audio equipment for the podcast, or video equipment for the YouTube channel, or even more games to review, the money will not be wasted. Click over to Amazon and get your copy of Eat Lunch and Board Game, the first course today. And thank you for supporting the show. In this episode, I talk with Phil Wamser, not Wamser, Wamser. We met while running a booth together at Geekway to the West, the local board game convention here in St. Louis. We decided to do the interview at Geekway one evening to get the ambient sounds of the convention. Phil is a game designer and youth pastor that uses games to help get the teenagers at his church to interact with each other in person, not just over their phones. We also found out that Phil has been using Kickstarter slightly longer than me. His first backing was a game called Scrimmish, a strategy card game that launched September 1st, 2015, while mine was Scuttle, and it launched March 22nd, 2016. Phil and I hit all the usual questions, and we had a great time in the process. Thanks for listening. Alright, welcome back to the Board Game. I'm your host, Adam Collins, and with me today is Youth Minister Phil Wamser, who uses board games to get his youth to interact better. Phil, how you doing? I'm doing alright, Adam. Well, so Phil and I are recording outside in the hall of the Geek Way to the West board game convention here in St. Louis, so that is the noise you might hear in the background, but I thought it'd be kind of fun to introduce you to Phil, who, like I said, we just met. We're both board game designers, both work with partners in our board game design, but we thought it'd be fun to kind of bring the ambiance of the convention to you. So, Phil, uh, what else do you do for the gaming community? Uh, along with my brother Jake, uh, we founded a uh, board game company, Wom Wom Games. <laughs> Damn Wom it. Wom. That's W-A-M, W-A-M, Wom Wom. Uh, most people will be saying Wham Wham, and I don't know how we're going to stop that, but that's okay. Uh, we have a game coming out this summer, Turn for the Worst. It's a hot dog building, rummy style card game. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, on top of that, like you mentioned, I work with teenagers. And uh, I don't know, for those of you listening, if you spend any time with teenagers, but they tend to be pretty awkward. Uh, <laughs> and I've found that sometimes when working with teenagers, just having them do something with their hands or take their minds off the social interaction through playing games, it opens them up to share better, have better communications, and just grow closer together. No, it's awesome. It's what I, it's what I always say. You're building bridges, getting them to build bridges with each other, uh, work their way out of their awkwardness. Yeah. Always always a hard thing to do with kids, especially in technology days of getting off those screens. So, Phil, how did you get into gaming? Uh, so, we grew up playing a lot of board games in my house, a lot of the classics, uh, and that you know kind of got me started with the, the baseline. My parents also had a few obscure games, at least obscure for the time, uh, being the early 90s. And so that kind of, when the newer games started to come out, I was a lot more open to trying new things. Uh, when I hit college, I went to Truman State University in uh, northeastern Missouri. 
known for uh, three things: cows, corn, and lots of nerds. Um, and so, fair, fair. yeah. Uh, so I got introduced to a lot of things. My first, uh, I guess, my gateway drug into real gaming was Settlers of Catan, uh, and from there it quickly grew into more and more obscure and, and more and more complicated games. I like to tell people my favorite games to play are the ones that when you explain the rules to your friends, they don't want to be friends with you anymore because uh, they're that complicated. Gauge. Yeah, it's a good it's, gauge. It's good. I'll have to start using that one myself, actually. It's a good <laughs> gauge of, uh, <laughs> is this game geeky enough for me? <laughs> so if I came over to your house out in western, uh, just outside the city limits and county limits of St. Louis, what game is currently on your table? Uh, so I have two answers for this one. If you were to come to my house, currently uh, my five-year-old loves pulling out uh, My First Castle Panic. Oh, that's one of my daughter's favorite, man. It's a great game, great introduction to get him away from Candyland and Shoots and Ladders. And, you know, it, there's so much going on in that game that you can also get with Candyland, but this is a game that there is more skill and strategy than just I flip a card to move one or two purple. Now I've got to match the color, match the shape. Yeah. You still get the same idea of the matching, but a little bit more strategy in it. I my daughter absolutely adores my first castle panic. Yeah. Uh, if my daughter has her say, it's a pretty pretty princess. She's oh. a, a big fan of that one. Uh, but if you were to come to my office right now, uh, <laughs> where I do most of my gaming, uh, currently we're going through a big love letter phase. The teens I work with. <laughs> adore love letter no straight love letter or any of the it's uh, very rare that we yeah so it's very rare that we have so few people that we can play the base game and so we're almost always playing uh just love letter in the first expansion i don't know if there's more than in one expansion i meant more letter. like so i i don't have actual love letter i have batman love letter oh yeah no Archer ours, love letter. ours is the original yeah so, I mean, it's a fun game. It's a quick hit. It's uh, a little bit of social deduction. You know, it's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> As you can hear, some people are having a lot of fun playing whatever game it is. They're going, they got going around around the corner. So you've already said Catan correctly, so we can bypass that question. Yeah. Um, do you play lunch during your day job? Or do you play lunch? Do you play games at lunch with your uh, day job? Uh, so my day job is strange. Even though I work in a parish and therefore there's a bunch of employees... I'm in a building off by myself, and so during my lunch break, it's usually just still me by myself, not really <laughs> being around other people. Uh, and I'm also the anomaly working for uh, the Catholic Church. The fact that I am under the age of 50 makes me the minority in my parish. I can see uh, that. And so I'd love to get them into gaming, but we never match up time-wise, lunch-wise. <laughs> yeah, so, so I'm just breaking out decks of cards and <laughs> playing rummy with them. I think if I showed up in the main building with Ticket to Ride, they would just be very afraid and not <laughs> sure what's going on. <laughs> vote you out. Yeah. Vote you off the island. Do you see Phil brought a game that's not from the 50s? I knew he never does any work here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, sometimes I get that question, you know, do you do anything around here? Mm, I, yeah. I do my job, but I also like to play games, because you can't go wrong with some games. Former co-worker of mine's favorite response when someone asked, how many people work here? About, About half. half of them, yep. yeah. Yeah, I said that joke in front of a vice president one time, not realizing how high up he was in the company, <laughs> and then later on I was like, oh, shoot, I'm in trouble. And uh, the, yeah, the the vice president came up and said, hey, that's pretty funny. I'm like, all right, so have a job. <laughs> So if you were able to play a game at lunch hour, what would be your go-to 60-minute game? Uh, if I was with a new crowd of gamers, uh, my go-to would actually be Ticket to Ride. I just yep. mentioned it. It's my wife's favorite game. Uh, in all the times we've played it together, I've only beaten her twice. 
I don't know what it is about that game, but she gets it. I love Ticket to Ride, easy to get into, easy to teach. I can teach it and play it in 60 minutes with any group. Yeah, it's That's great. It's a good one. Uh, do you have a favorite set of tracks? Like, like the, just, the path that I take? No, or, like, uh, do you play just the straight U.S. Oh, or Europe or... Uh, my favorite is the base game. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what I have in my office. Uh, we don't have any of the others handy with us. I just right got now. I just got rails and sails. I'm super excited to break into that one. Yeah. Uh, haven't had a chance. Huge board. Uh, great table presence. But man, it, the the 90 minute play time kind of keeps me from being able to play it at work. Uh, I can get by with 60 minutes, 65, but uh, 90, I think I would probably draw some attention. Yeah. <laughs> So how about a go-to 30-minute for a lunch half-hour game? Honestly, most of the time, especially when we work with the teens, five, 30 minutes or less, uh, we tend to break out some of the micro games uh, and just play a bunch of rounds with those. And so I think if I were to sit down with a lunch group, I would probably bring Coup with me ah, the first time, play a bunch of rounds of that. Or uh, one of my favorite games of all time uh, is Tack. It's based on yep. a book by Patrick Rothfuss. And uh, I, again, you can teach it quickly. It's only a two-player game. But I found the two-player abstract strategy games, you can pass around the table and get people talking when it's not their turn. Yeah. And that's been really helpful. Yeah, those quick hit games are always fun because you can, you know, play a couple, they learn, you know, strategies, oh, I think this will work, and then they try it, and then, you know, they overcommit one way or the other. Oh, yeah. It's always that way, especially like Seven Wonders. You think, oh, all the money's in, you know, all the all the way to win is in the green, and then you overcommit, and the next time you're like, it's all in the blue, and then you overcommit. <laughs> but with coup, you know, it's the same way. You're like, oh, it's all about claiming having a duke, <laughs> but then everybody claims have a duke, and then everybody ends up nobody has a duke. And so with uh, coup, do you ever play with the expansion Reformation? Yeah. So I, when I first bought coup, it was right after Reformation had come out, and so we had them both and. Honestly, I'm not a huge fan mm. of the expansion. I know a lot of people oh, disagree no. with that. Yeah, I uh, do. <laughs> I just I love the base game. I'm a big fan of it. And I like the strategy, the whole other next level of strategy that Reformation brings into it because now you, you bring in those alliances and you can force somebody. If I know you have to coup somebody, I'll put one other person on, you know, a, not on our team. So now you yeah. have to coup that person because there's no time to change. Um, or flipping myself, or you know, or you know, just taking all the money of everybody else has paid in. I, I just I love the additional scope of the game with the Reformation. Um, there's also I don't know if you've seen them. I believe they're on uh, Board Game Geek Store. They have a lot of promo characters that you can oh, really? buy, and you can they, they suggest they suggest going and you know putting this one in the place of this character, and so they have about I want to say three or four different ones. I've always thought about buying them, but I don't play Coup enough anymore. That's fair. Whereas, you know, working with the teenagers, Coup comes out probably once or twice a month. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I only meet once a week with them, so that's quite a bit. That's, that's a big <laughs> chunk of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, when you're playing Ticket to Ride, I guess, or any game with colors, do you have a specific color that you gravitate towards? Uh, ever since I was a little kid, it's always been green. I go green. for green. I can see and, that. And uh, when green's not there, I don't play. What, what about Jake? Oh, yeah, so my older brother Jake, uh, you know, he typically goes for blue or black when I've played with him. Uh, <laughs> I say growing up, I feel like it was always Jake was blue, our middle brother Nate was red, and I was green, and green was always just left, and I think that's why I started on it, but then it's all I go for now, and... Whenever I'm playing a game with my daughter, if pink is not available, she takes green. So it's heartbreaking to me, trying to figure out what to so, do. So, 
I had Gabe Barrett on the show about a month ago now, and he's decided that if they want to play the same color as him, that they have to play a game to win. The winner of that game gets to have the color. So maybe you should start making your daughter beat you in a game to get the green. Could add a fun layer of it. I think my four-year-old daughter would just think I'm mean by not letting her have the color she wants. But, uh, but Dad, they, I already have a, a philosophy of I try to avoid letting them win. I'll encourage them oh, yeah. to win and help them along. But I feel like if I let them win, then when they get to kindergarten, their teacher will hate them. That's, yeah, I I never let my son just win. Um, as frequent listeners to my show know, he started playing uh, King of Tokyo at the age of three. And beat me three games in a row, right out of the box. And I decided the game was completely broken. There was no <laughs> sense in playing this game anymore. Luckily, since that time, I have I adore King of Tokyo. But yeah, uh, I don't let him win ever. And now we bring mom into the equation. He will sometimes help mom win so that she'll play more games. Yeah, I'm not sure I like that. But you know, you never know with kids. So what about a hidden gem game? A game that you just don't think gets the attention it deserves. One I've already mentioned, which was Tack by James Ernst. I'm a huge Fair. fan of that. It's a, I consider it a modern classic. You know, it, it plays in the same feel of uh, like chess where there are so many possible ways you could win depending on the size of the board because that changes. I'm a big fan of that. One I recently uh, have started to fall in love with. I don't know when it came out. I found it in a Goodwill. Uh, <laughs> is, I believe it's called it. Rubik's Slide. So it's a head-to-head game where, so in the middle, there's uh, a grid of nine different cubes, and you shake them up, and whatever colors come up, you have to then slide pieces to match that on your side in your middle nine pieces, and then slam the board shut when you win, if you're the first person to match the pattern. So it's like, have you ever done those slide puzzles where oh, there's I'm like numbers? Oh, I'm absolutely. Yeah, so it's that sort of movement sliding around to get the colors where they're supposed to go. <laughs> and I love it because my five-year-old, who can't quite handle the strategy of the slide yet, can still pick up and move the pieces, and I can follow the rules, and we can still have that race. Yeah. But then I can sit down with one of the teenagers at work who does get it, and we can play that game head-to-head. So head. is it like a suitcase where you're both competing in there, so I go shut the whole game down, or just my side of the board? So it's, a uh, think, a long, flat board with one piece up in the middle like a divider. Oh. But when you close the divider, it only leaves the nine pieces that are going to matter to win the game revealed on your side. So it matches oh. that. Well, I was picturing... Kind of pretty thing. women, pretty woman. So like you smash somebody's fingers um, in the game, like you lose and you lose your fingers. I don't think I could play that one with my five-year-old losing the fingers, but okay. uh, that does seem a bit violent for a five-year-old. I also haven't watched Pretty Women, Pretty Woman with him yet. In uh, you know five-year-old, and it's probably safer that yeah, way. It's probably, probably. <laughs> it should probably wait a couple more years. <laughs> so we've hung out a lot over the last oh my goodness three days. Yeah, Thursday, Friday. We're recording this on Saturday. Um, you and your brother, we've had a lot of fun. We've got a lot of good plans for the St. Louis board game community. Yeah. Hopefully, um, it'll pan out. We've, we've met yeah. some good people. We've made some good connections. Oh, pan out. Yes. Oh, what a good joke. For those of you who don't get it, what we're looking at uh, is a sheet pan game that you can play inside a baking sheet or baking pan. So when I said pan out, yeah, Phil, that's a good pun. That's a good dad joke. You can tell we're both uh, dads because that was a bad joke that I'm sure nobody's laughing at right now. They probably skipped forward. But uh, 
I'm looking forward to a lot of the, the cool ideas, the cool stuff that we, we talked about trying to get, you know, working more together, hitting the farmer's markets together, made some good connections while we've been here, found some people with some other crazy stuff, crazy ideas like us. It's going to be good. I think it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to bring some games to market with some other designers as well. Yeah. And just get that collaboration going. Because that's what, you know, my philosophy about board games is all about. My brother and I, the big push of Wham Wham Games is... We want to create positive social interactions with our games. We want people to laugh and to talk and to just have fun. And that's what all the games we've talked about. I mean, you have a game about. called Turn for the Worst, W-U-R-S-T. So you've already got a, a bad pun name to, for people to be laughing at to start out with. So I look forward to that one. Uh, maybe we can play this yet tonight. Yeah, that'd be fun. We'll get a group together. But yeah, I, with trying to get games to market, it's, it's been awkward lately like I think games I see on Kickstarter succeed or blowing my mind that they're making their money and the games are struggling that I think should be making it and they're not it's just an odd time to be making games there's so many games and again talking to Gabe Barrett he's like a lot of people were stuck at home and they came up with a game idea and it's actually a good game idea it's just a matter of trying to figure out okay how do I get it out of my head into a prototype and then out there? And I think that, you know, we've had a lot of... We've, you've been doing a lot of 3D printing overnight. <laughs> for us this weekend. <laughs> for yeah. us this weekend to try to prototype some new ideas that we were literally coming up with on the on fly the spot, yeah. and then trying them out the next day. Yeah, well, that's actually... It's been a huge part of my, my day job in youth ministry is... Every week we would try and start whatever topic we're going to talk about with a game. And the resources I had were just, I don't want to say terrible and then offend someone who helps write those resources, but uh, the games just wouldn't work for my groups. And so fairly often I'd come in on a you know Sunday afternoon and I'd have four hours to write a quick social game and throw it together and get the pieces made. And so that's kind of led to this, what's been happening this weekend, we come up with an idea and I go... <laughs> I have four hours. I can go do this yeah, real fast. Yeah, I mean, you showed up this morning with a new with uh, one of the new ideas. We immediately sort of weren't looking at it, and then going, "This isn't going to work." Isn't work gotta, yeah. I mean, it's one of the best parts about designing games is you. It all works in your mind. Yeah, and then none of it works <laughs> when you <laughs> when you put it together. But yeah, we've got a lot. Hopefully, man, I would love. I mean, our idea with the sheet pan game is going to be great. It's going to. It is. It's going to be. We're going to force it to be. But also, we met a, a lady yesterday on a Friday who she did exactly that. She wanted to play a game. It didn't exist. She made it herself, and she's had pretty good success on the pre-sales of it. Yeah. And you know, she showed up yesterday, and I felt bad for her because I don't think because she she literally did not know that board gaming was this intense. Yeah, I think she uh, was still going off of the mentality that you know a lot of us had in the early 90s, right? It was like, well, you've got Monopoly and you've got Clue and you can have a deck of cards. And outside of that, there's not a lot working with. But Yeah, well, I mean, her game was fun. It, it was kind of more of an educational kind of style game. But her eye-opening, talking to you, yeah. talking to me, talking to your brother, and, and seeing... Geekway, seeing this huge community of 3,000 plus people coming here to play games 
man, she was she is so stoked so and ready, so excited to be working with us. Yeah, um, joining us at some of our outings, some of our shows. She invited us to her yeah, launch to her party launch in, in August. Yeah, right? and her yeah. launch party. I mean, she's excited. I'm excited to be working with her. Um, and so it's this community is great. As I always say, you know, it builds bridges, and you don't even know what bridges are going to be built. Oh, absolutely, show up. yeah. And it was just, it was amazing meeting Gwen because she had this energy. Oh, man. And I, I talked to people about, you know, you know, we're trying this new thing, making games and all this stuff. And they're like, oh, I had an idea for a game once, but I just couldn't think about it, make it work. And she just had this energy. And I don't think she anything was going to slow her down, right? Nothing. She just keeps it going forward. Yeah, she, she, she made, made me game. feel tired. <laughs> and, like, I don't think of myself as being that old, although the teens I work with would probably disagree. Uh, but just every every moment, every conversation, every word out of her mouth, she's like, wow, you yeah. have so much going. Yeah, it's and, well, amazing. And, like, a, you know, she wanted this game, didn't, there wasn't one on the market, and she went off and made it. And it's colorful, it's huge. That board is huge. The table presence on this board is amazing. She has all this... Um, all this money in her game that you know she worked really hard to you know go with the diversity so there's all kinds of different people in the game and i mean it's like you said just her energy was was awesome and yet the fact that she talked with us yesterday and we kind of helped open her eyes to the board game industry <laughs> i it was like i'm like you know Talking to, to like your brother and me could be like talk you know trying to drink from a fire hose of in, of energy and, and information, but man she she was excited and I told her when she was asking me questions I looked at her, I said Gwen I can take you as far down this rabbit hole as you want to go <laughs> but she's got some ins and some connections that we don't even have and oh yeah so and we've got connections and ins that she doesn't have so I'm really looking forward to what Wham Wham can do or Wom Wom. One of the, like, was, like, like, yeah. like, was that pedal for the uh, the uh, guitar? So it goes, wow, 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 yeah. Anyway, but uh, <laughs> it'll be fun. I mean, it's going to be a good time. So back to Kickstarter. Um, are you a creator, a backer, both? You know, we, we've been doing our research, trying to decide if any of our games would be would fit with the Kickstarter. Energy's not the right word, you know. I think society vision, or society, yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely from some great advice we've gotten from some people here, we're thinking our first game wouldn't fit very well on Kickstarter. Uh, but we might might be creators in the future. Uh, personally, I've backed just a handful of things. Working in ministry, money's pretty tight. Yeah, I'm only backed uh, a handful this month. Handful <laughs> this month, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's an addiction. My wife doesn't approve of yeah. it. I, There's uh, worse addictions. I, I, I'm probably... Uh, someone who is not a loved backer I'm a passion backer I really back the things I really genuinely love yeah uh, for instance I backed tack uh, I backed a game a long time ago and I can't even think of what it was called it was a it was kind of like the old stratego game but it was decks of cards and you could play two player or four player and you could play head to heads or teams and it was I just thought it was beautiful. I backed it fresh out of college. That's how long ago was this was. Was that your first Kickstarter? That was my first Kickstarter, was, It's yeah. a new question I was asking my, uh, my guests. Is what, <laughs> what was your, your first Kickstarter? Kickstarter? So it's sad that you you remember it, but not the name. I know, and it's I can picture the box. It's sitting on my <laughs> shelf we right were... next to Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza oh, in my office. Taco That's, Cat Goat Cheese oh, That is a, a new uh, micro game, which uh, we've developed some house rules in my uh, my youth ministry to change it up. And... So, what, so one thing I didn't realize... 
is that the animals in that game have changed. Really? So I have the one with like the gorilla, the okay. groundhog, and, and the, the narwhal. narwhal. That's what I have too. Some people don't. Really? Yes. I don't know what the new ones are. I was hoping you had them so you do can you, tell me. Do you think they dropped the gorilla because people were getting bruises from banging on their chest? I, I think they dropped that and probably the, 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 the groundhog, groundhog from, again. Wrapped knuckles and stuff. Wrapping yeah. your knuckles too hard on the table. <laughs> <laughs> Self-inflicted bruising. <laughs> oh, man. Taco Guy Goji's Pizza is amazing. So what I will say, we'll figure out the name of that game and we'll put it in the show notes um, so we can make sure we get whatever your first Kickstarter was uh, listed properly yeah, in here for everybody. Because mine was uh, Scuttle, yeah, by Jellybean and uh, Bluebird Games or whatever they're called themselves. I think they're Jellybean back then, still. But uh, that was the first one I backed, and uh, 155 later, whatever I'm at now, <laughs> I can't even tell. But now I couldn't even tell what the latest one I backed was. I'm sure it was something. Well, I'm silly. sure you backed it, you know, a few hours ago, and so it's, you know, I've been good this mind. weekend. I've been back anything new. The bad internet here has kept you yes. off the uh, Kickstarter for a weekend. <laughs> so they came around yesterday, so the internet was down, but it wasn't. Yeah, I was still logged on. Yeah, it's like the internet's down. You have to go to our backup Wi-Fi service. And we're all looking at each other like, we're, but we're, we're still on. I just did a credit card transaction. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, it was uh, the convention's been going fun. Um, going fun. It's been going well. Um, what games have you enjoyed here at Geekway? Uh, you know, one of the, my favorite things about Geekway is the play-to-win library. Absolutely. You show up, my goal is always to win a game worth my admission. That's the goal, <laughs> right? Uh, and so my wife sent me here with two games from the library. She really wanted me to play and really, really wanted me to try and win. Uh, haven't gotten to play Hughes and Cues yet. Okay. But I've heard that's very fun. But uh, Three Sisters, I've actually really enjoyed that. It's a roll and write game. I haven't uh, played that one. Themed I around. Love it. Yeah, I love roll and write games. Play that I feel like there's a million of them though. Oh, they're so uh, good. But it's a uh, it's homesteader themed, and you know we live on the outskirts of St. Louis. It's, we grow a lot of our own food, and so she was in love with that. Uh, we played a game last night. Oh my god. Uh, Ten Penny. Ten Penny Parks. Parks. Oh man, that oh. game. You pulled that out of the box, and I went. I am not going to want to play this game. And then I have wanted to do nothing but play it since then. So, Tenpenny Parks, um, Arwen Kathke was on my show a while back, and she got a review copy of it, and we were talking about it, because it was, uh, we saw it on, I want to say Watch It Play did a how-to on it, and my son and I were watching the how-to video, and we literally paused it, Halfway through to see if we could just buy the game, but it wasn't wasn't out it wasn't yet. even out yet. And we were like, "Oh my gosh, no!" And then uh, Arvo was saying how she loved it, and I'm like, "I want to play it." And I saw it on the play and win here at Geekway, and I'm like, "I gotta go get this game." And yeah, I mean, wow, it was so much fun, and it it incorporated so many different aspects of things I love. I come from a big puzzle family. Trying to figure out where to put stuff yep. and how to manage your board was just it was just beautiful, and it. It, and you had the worker placement, you had the limited resources, because as you're buying the Tetris-ish shape amusement parks, amusement yeah. rides, attractions, attractions, there we go. There's the right they word. Were called, <laughs> I'll keep fumbling, we'll get there. As you keep <laughs> buying them, they, they run out, but you got you know, you, then you've also got your own mission that you're trying yeah. to complete. 
uh, you know, build so many of these or so many of that or have two greens or whatever. But you had all the, while racing your opponents all, through yeah. the three different scales and oh man, yeah, yeah you had the thrill, the awe, and the joy, joy, and you're trying to climb those and keep first player. And I mean, th- that game was absolutely everything I wanted it to be and more. I can promise you, once I get my hands on a copy, I will be doing a podcast episode on it because it is just, it is, it's an amazing it's game. So good, and the it has puzzles. One of my favorite oh. aspects of deciding between resources and points early on. Yeah. And it gives you that concept because so many games, it's like, well, if I get points early, am I going to miss out on points later? And and there might have been that aspect. I kept passing up chances to get points to move forward. I in went the for game money and, early. I know you did, and, and you ended up winning by one by, point. I ended up winning by one point. <laughs> Yeah. Still, still a little sore about that. But, uh. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But yeah, I, you know, because uh, Brad Laurel went after points. Well, points I guess early. Brad just kind of went after just trying to get his board started. Laurel went yeah. after points early. Maybe I had that backwards. But I went after money to try to buy the bigger stuff. But then again, so this game you have to you you have a piece of land that you're developing into an amusement park, so it has trees on it, and you can't build on top of a tree so you have to use any workers to take to be an arborist and take the trees down, and Brad got twice I think. He went to pick up he an went attraction. To pick up attraction. And and too many tre- trees There's yeah. a tree in the way and then you had Laurel who had like no trees because she cleaned them all off and then was able to fit these, uh, this, uh, these obscene Huge attractions in there with mega points. Right at the end, yeah. And I mean, that was another strategy. Like I was trying to work around my trees. Laurel was just clearing them out, bulldozing them down. <laughs> Brad never had the right ones out of the way. <laughs> there is, there was just, there was so much in that game. Oh man, that one's by far one of my favorites. I just played the new crew. The, oh, I haven't had a chance yeah, to play that yet. I just played weekend. that one, so that looks good. Uh, that was fun. Basically, just different missions from, you know, basic idea of the original crew, which is also a great game. Um, I'm trying to think what other ones. I mean, I bought some games that I need to play. <laughs> Maybe we'll get to one of those tonight. But it's been, you know, all in all, a great con. Uh, I'm glad they're back. I'm glad we're. Yeah, I'm glad we're back full. I know they did a, like a mini one in the fall here for yeah. Geekway to the West, and it was okay. I mean, it was fun. It was good to be back in person, but. Yeah. It was missing out on a lot of what makes it, you know, a fun oh, time. The vendor hall, the vendor you hall know, wasn't being here. able to walk through and see stuff you can't afford because they're really shiny dice and you want them, but can't afford. <laughs> I do need to eat today, so I guess I'll be buying those shiny red dice. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's good to be back in the cons. Um, I think your brother and I are looking to go to a couple more yet this year. Yeah. Um, I definitely want to hit up some of the proto spiels. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, there's the one in September up in Chicago. I'll have to go up there, and uh, produce fields are great from what I hear. I was totally set to go to like three of them in 2020, and they obviously didn't happen. They didn't happen. And then you should know. have just gone and sat by yourself in the convention <laughs> hall. That would have been fun. <laughs> Why is nobody here? No one wants to play my game. Say that's one aspect of this industry I didn't realize was we did the math and found out we could travel like 300 days out of the year just going to cons without leaving about an eight-hour swing from St. Louis between game cons and, and toy conventions and then an anime convention, you know, whatever it yeah. would be where you could sell these things. It's 
it's amazing how big this culture has come. Yes. Considering when I was a you know sophomore, junior in high school, getting into these sort of things. I was still like a closet nerd, you know, I was, I was on the soccer team and people kind of knew I was nerdy, but like, I didn't go tell people like, oh yeah, I can't hang out this Sunday, I'm playing D&D, but, but I was, right? And now it's, it's mainstream and it's fun. It it is fun. It's funny you say that because I, I too, I played soccer and I wrestled, but then like we played Axis and Allies and and Monopoly and Risk and stuff like that, uh, you know, on the weekends with my friends and I played soccer and wrestled with you know it was a lot of fun but yeah seeing it go more mainstream be more acceptable by society that's been a, a big thing in the last couple of years and that's why we had these awesome conventions absolutely i, I love gateway uh, but like you said within eight hours of st louis it is it is nice living right here in the gateway to the west uh as we're eight hours from just about everywhere it seems like sometimes <laughs> everything but the coasts so, but yeah, it'll be fun. I look forward to working with you a lot. Uh, I feel like between, you, you know, the four of us, Bearded Board Games and Wom Wom Studios, we're going we're gonna to have some fun. Yeah. We may not make a lot of money, but we're going to have some fun. I, I, keep, I kept saying this weekend, I, my dream is two or three years from now to come back and put up the same sign of the St. Louis small publishers yeah. games yes. and just cross out the word small. Don't, don't take don't it off the list. It. Just yep. get a big red marker and, yeah. and put it up there. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. And, oh, talk about your maze game real quick. So uh, it was actually kind of our flagship game that isn't going to be the first one we've produced. I know you're in a similar boat. Similar the first situation. game you made yep. is not going to be the first one sold. Uh, but we have developed this game called Trials of Daedalus uh, based on Greek mythology. Daedalus created the labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's a game played in three phases. A, a drafting phase where you are collecting heroes and monsters and traps and then you build your maze. It's a head-to-head game, two-player. And so you build your maze in secret and then flip it face down so your opponent has no idea what they're getting into. And then you end it by charging through your opponent's maze, collecting as much treasure as possible. And again, I already mentioned it's one of my favorite things of trying to decide between points and make early and late. It's got that aspect of all the treasure you collect can also be spent. Yeah, well, so, I'd like to point out I won that game against your brother. By also one by, point, one point, by one point. So and I your think theme it, is beating Wamsers by one point, now, apparently. In my defense, I think I had less treasure cards... But, but higher I had value more treasure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I had like a, like at the end, I had three guys still alive, so I got three more treasures. That makes a big all one. were twos. That makes a big difference. It's a big and, six point swing right there yeah. at the end. <laughs> and at being the guy who was the numbers guy for that game, I'm sitting here going, "You shouldn't have been able to do that. The statistics don't work." But but that's numbers for you, right? Yeah. They go all over the place. It was, that game's awesome. It's gonna be it's gonna be a great game. Um, I had a lot of fun playing it. I think the double blind is awesome, where you're creating your own. Uh, you're creating your own maze. I'm creating my own maze, and then we're charging through the mazes. Here comes Tom Cleberad, who was on the show earlier. Well, and I didn't know you were doing your show, otherwise I wouldn't have come to bother you. So, hello, Joe, if you're listening, hello. Otherwise, we'll see you later. See you, see you tomorrow. I'm sure. See you, bud. <laughs> so, Tom, yeah, he was on the show. Oh my gosh, it's been a year ago, probably, maybe more. I don't know. I just saw him walk by, so it's funny, you know, like you said, getting back out, seeing yeah. people. So and last... just how quickly people become friends and stuff like this. Well, yeah, I mean, like, we, you know, I have friends. I've been in the booth with you guys most of the weekend, but I had a bunch of different groups of friends. I just put them together, and they've been playing games all day. Oh, yeah. 
all day. Well, say so as soon as I could get out of the booth, I went and jumped in with some of the friends yeah. you introduced yeah. me to and got yeah. some games in, which was and, you know, it was good to see people like Tom that I, you know I haven't seen in a while and other people that are in from town because as I like to say, board games build bridges and Absolutely. they're building the bridges of everybody here, rebuilding the ones that have been maybe. You know, a little dilapidated, getting it back in shape and building new ones like like ours. Absolutely, yeah. It's going to be a good bridge. You really like this bridge metaphor. It almost it's feels good. like you should uh, lean yeah. into it a little more. A little, little more. Absolutely. I'll lean into it as much as I can. <laughs> so, Phil, if anybody want to reach out to you, how can they reach out to you? Uh, pretty soon, uh, whamwhamgames.com should go live. That's one of the easiest ways uh, to get a hold of me, to reach out to me. If not, I'm easy to find on all the social medias. Phil Wamsley, that's Phil with two L's because I'm unique and a beautiful butterfly. Uh, so P-H-I-L-L-W-A-M-S-E-R. You plug that into just about anything and you'll I, find me. You're probably the only one. Probably. I've only in my lifetime met two other people who spell Phil with two L's. Uh, and they were both almost as strange as me. And so they weren't Wamsers. They were not Wamsers, okay, though, yeah. yeah. So that's easy. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, uh, whamwhamgames at gmail.com is also an option to get a hold of me, although I don't check that one as frequently. That's your brother's job. Yeah, it's, he does a lot of that. So. <laughs> that's why I was joking. Uh, our board game email address is beardedboardgames at gmail.com, and... I just forward Tim the emails from that email account that he's made aware of. <laughs> the rest of them I take care of. So thanks again, Phil, for being on my show today. And uh, as usual, if you want to reach out to me, it is eLunchAboardGame at gmail.com, eLunchAboardGame.com, and Facebook.com slash groups slash eLunchAboardGame. And remember that board games build bridges. Stay in tune with all things sports around Indiana and the nation with the Crash Course Podcast. Each week, we tackle the big storylines from the world of the Colts, Pacers, and the Indiana College scene, while also keeping a pulse on the nation. We record live weekly at twitch.tv slash 3C Media, and can be found on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts can be heard, you can catch the Crash Course Podcast. When you're gaming, why not be comfy? Go over to supportplayer.org. Click on the cards, pieces, and dice to get some merch. These t-shirts are some of the most comfortable I have ever worn. That's supportplayer.org, and there's a link on eatlunchandboardgame.com.